My next guest is the host of Marks and Reese on 94 WIP in Philadelphia. I want to welcome on John Marks. John, how are we doing? What's up, dude? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, so it looks like Snyder might actually have to show up next week because uh, he's hanging out in France at his uh, business, his business and negotiations, which is just kind of like hanging out in your luxury yacht instead of Cannes for the film festival. But it looks like wow. it looks like maybe there uh, he might need to talk. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, to see what happens. Uh, you know, I don't I, I pay close attention to what's going on with the, the commanders now. Right. The Washington football team, uh, probably more than the average fans because it's the NFC East. But I'm not also inundated in DMV with everything that goes on. But, you know, just from afar, I know if I was a I was a Washington fan. I'd be counting down the days until the NFL kicked him the hell out because it just never feels like they're going to have any sustained success as long as he's in charge. So yeah. it's, it's, I feel bad. I feel bad for, for the fans, even though we're rivals. Yeah. Do you, do you think who's the owner's Jeffrey Lurie, right? Yep. You get the vibe that he's like, you know, I don't really care what's going on in DC. Like there's an anomaly. Um, you know, I, I, I would think that Jeffrey Lurie is a very socially conscious guy and He's actually won Academy Awards for um, for doing documentary films, and he's very involved in philanthropy and and a lot of other stuff. And I would get the idea. And again, I don't know this, and he's never talked about it. I would get the idea that he would love to get Dan, like just based on his values and kind of the way he operates. That I could imagine he thinks Daniel Snyder owning a football team is a good thing for the NFL or these owners. But you know how it is. You don't want to set a precedent that you can get yourself kicked out for behavior because who knows what the hell's in your past. So all these owners are, at least it seems like they're hesitant to say anything because they know they could be next at any moment if they have things in their past. Well, all I know is if there's a vote that you need 24 owners to uh, get rid of them. We might have one in Jeffrey Lurie. So I'll, make, I'll mark that down as a positive for the time being. Um, Good be. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Were you surprised that Goodell even spoke? Um, I was surprised at, like, the NFL, the NFL is very good at saying something that everybody knows is BS, but saying it anyway, almost like a politician. Roger Goodell, after those hearings, like, I'm like, hey, you should be running for president, not these other guys. I mean, you are so full of crap, but he did a very good job of saying nothing. Yeah. So, it like, Snyder can evade it, and, I mean, the way that the Snyder team talks, it's like that they want to talk, but he was out of the country and blah, 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 blah. But Goodell went up there and more or less said nothing. Yeah. You know, like he did, I didn't feel like there was a genuine bone in his body. And I think that's kind of what he's got to do for his job title. Yeah, that's interesting. And then on the field, obviously, we got your old quarterback in Carson Wentz. There's a lot of optimism, which I feel like is just offseason noise. But are you expecting anything from him in D.C.? Uh, yeah, I, I am. Uh, and at some point, at some point, you're going to give up and say, I can't expect anything but bad decisions and brain dead plays from Carson Wentz. But if you really examine what he did last year in Indianapolis, while he did that at the end of the season, and that's what matters the most, he actually played really well during the middle portion of that season. I think at some point, he's just got to either get it or, he, or he's not going to get it because the hero ball that he plays, he tries to do too much. He tries making throws with his left hand from the end zone, which everybody saw. I don't, 
he's a, he's an intelligent guy. I don't know why he does stuff like that. If he can eliminate just making the boneheaded plays and live for another play, he's easily the most talented quarterback you've had there, and I don't know how long. Um, he's got real arm talent. He makes throws that you know, there's a reason why he was drafted high in the draft. He's got he's got legit arm. Like in Jalen Hurts in Philly, Jalen Hurts has got a lot of the intangibles that you want that Carson Wentz maybe doesn't have. He didn't have the arm that Carson Wentz has. So as far as like being that you didn't give up a lot and you're not committing a just lot, thir- to just thirty million in our entire offseason budget. Is that- well, listen, but you got a quarterback that gives you that's fair. Gives you a chance. That's Taylor fair. Heineke gives you no chance. Taylor that's Heineke fair. gives you no chance unless you were going. We're going to draft a quarterback route, which they weren't doing at least in this draft. Could Carson Wentz be a lottery ticket and you make the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. East winner since 2004. And every year we say, is this going to be the year? And it's never the year. So do I think that right now on paper, this goes the Eagles or the Cowboys? No, but once these games start, you get to a season, funny things happen. And I wouldn't be surprised if the, if Washington was much better than people thought. Interesting. When, when he had his like sort of MVP run before the injury a couple of years ago, what what did you notice change from him kind of game to game pre-injury to post-injury did you kind of just lose his confidence or not feel not like feel like optimistic that he can make the same plays he was doing before because there's a massive drop off well you know it's weird and and it's 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 almost an impossible question to answer in a thorough and expeditious way you have to keep this in mind that he went down with an injury he he started off the he started off the Eagles that season. They were eleven and three, and he put them in position to have the first overall uh, seed in the NFC, which they got, which they wouldn't have gotten if Dick Foles, starting quarterback, the year they won the Super Bowl. They don't win the Super Bowl. They may, maybe they're a playoff team. Maybe they're a playoff team. But when you're replaced and your backup wins the Super Bowl and you're coming off an ACL injury, and you come into the following season, and you you probably played before you should have, and you press, and you press, and you press, because you know that people are saying Nick Foles, Nick Foles, and your teammates are saying Nick Foles. And I think he was doomed from that point on. I think it's as simple as that. He got injured that following year, and Nick Foles went 4-0, and and got him in the playoffs and won a playoff game and was an Alshon Jeffrey drop away from being back in the NFC championship game. And who knows what happens uh, at, at that point. So I just think once that happened, he was doomed because it's a lot of the things that followed Carson Wentz after that, you kept hearing, which was locker room stuff. And I just don't think Carson is naturally not that, he, not that he doesn't try, and I think he has tried to be a better teammate, a better leader, but I just don't think naturally he connects with a lot of his teammates, and that has been a, a, that was a part of the problem at the end towards Philadelphia. But now with where he is right now, he's just got to be a good football player on the field, and he's got to stop worrying about all that other crap. And if you play well, then you know guys are going to be happy when they're getting touchdowns and they're getting yards. So all he has to do, and, th- dude, and this is just the truth, He's got to stop making bad boneheaded plays in big moments. And he's just got to play within himself. And if he can do that, he's going to be very successful. But he hasn't been able – he hasn't stopped doing that the last three seasons. So basically what you're saying is he, he needs to win a Lombardi trophy and then he'll be average. <laughs> well, if he – like, 
So Matt Ryan goes to Indianapolis, and I don't think Matt Ryan has a whole hell of a lot left in the tank at this point as far as being a difference maker on a team. But what Matt Ryan can do on a team that is built to be a playoff team is he can manage a game and he can get your team to the playoffs. So do I expect the Colts to make the playoffs this year? Yeah, I think with Matt Ryan, they have a chance to make the playoffs. They have a pretty good chance to make the playoffs because that's a really good roster. With Carson Wentz, if Carson Wentz just would have been a game manager and been okay with that, they would have been a playoff team. But Carson Wentz tried to do too much. So I think I think with Carson Wentz, if he just looks at himself as like, hey, listen, I, I – like more is less. Like less is more. Sometimes, if he lived and died by that, the red, the, the Washington could very easily win ten games and be a playoff team. Also, you got like the perfect scheme with Scott Turner, just kind of run the ball in the first three downs and maybe maybe throw it if you're between two yards from first, or if not, just kind of miss, miss guys on every opportunity, or just throw it at McLaren, who's not even showing up right now. So it's yeah, gonna- and, and and I think I think with Ron Rivera showing confidence in him and not not wavering from that confidence and Frank Reich did that with them in Indianapolis and it didn't help, but I feel like that Carson loses trust pretty easily with coaches and people in the organization. If he feels like people don't believe in him. Um, So really a fast start and things going well early. I think like that's, that's the formula for Carson having a really good season. So where would you put the the over under on how many seasons he's the starter in Washington at one and a half? I probably take the over at that. I really do. I really do believe he's going to have a good year in Washington. And what does that exactly mean? Does it mean playoffs? I, if, if I'm if I'm ranking the teams right now in the NFC East, and I know there's a lot of people that think the Giants are going to surprise. I actually think it's going to be a pretty a pretty competitive division. I see a lot. Of, I see the Eagles and the Cowboys very similar, and I see I actually see Washington not far behind that. So if he wins nine or ten games next year, and overall is is a good quarterback, of course he's coming back. I mean, they're not going to not bring him back if he has success. You guys have 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 really finding an answer quarterback. So if he has a good season, so I'll I'll take the over because I'm expecting Carson Wentz to have a have a productive year. And flipping over to Philly, obviously you guys, I think, probably had the made the biggest splash of the draft, uh, trading for AJ Brown and extending him. What, what are you expecting from the team this year? Um. Well, I, I I would expect them to be in a similar position to where they were last year, and the entire NFC East benefits, at least on paper, from having some of the easiest schedules in football, just based on their their common opponents. Um. Ultimately, the success of 2022, 2020, uh, 2022 is going to be the, the leap that Jalen Hurts can or can't, or can't make, right? Uh, a lot of the damage that Hurts did last year, he did with his legs. So when you look at, if you go through the Eagles game logs, you go through, through Jalen Hurts' game log, games was when Jalen Hurts was throwing less and the team was running more and he was using his legs as a weapon in those games. So just watching every game since Jalen Hurts came into the league, the one thing that I say about him is the couple of things I'll say about him is the intangibles are real, right? Like he, he is a good leader. Guys are really drawn to him. Guys love to play with him. Like they genuinely, and this is kind of separate or different from a lot of what you hear with Carson Wentz. 
Jalen Hurts really does have that it factor. One thing you never, one thing you never hear guys say about Jalen Hurts is, "Wow, that was an unbelievable throw," or like, "Wow, like did you see him fit that into that tight window?" Or talking about his passing, talking about everything else. And if you can't make you can't make throws in the National Football League, I, I like I don't really need you, right? So Jalen Hurts needs to prove that he can be an effective enough passer to where the intangibles are going to matter. And frankly, to asking me to bet on that, I would bet against it. But Jalen Hurts, just by being an effective runner and a game manager, he's not going to puke on himself, right? Like Jalen Hurts isn't going to go out there and lose games for you. So I actually I expect the Eagles to have kind of like that same year as Washington or Dallas, but the, the fear is that Hurts does enough to where he makes you a playoff team but your gut still tells you he's probably not a good enough thrower in a passing league to be the long-term answer at a quarterback as your quarterback. And he's probably back next year, but you're still not really sure he's that guy. Yeah. Wait, can we hold up one second real quick? Yeah. Dogs and dogs into the weekend. Dogs making noises. What the hell are you doing? Um, yeah, no, that's inter- that's interesting. And then, like with like with the, do you think Miles Sanders? If you think if they if they continue to kind of run that kind of, I don't know what it's similar to the kind of the RPO with Hertz kind of going what kind of running 10, 12, 15 times a game. And you think Miles Sanders can hold up as the kind of like the number two rush rush on that team? No, I I mean he's got to prove it. He, he's he's. He's talented. He just hasn't put it together, and he's going into the final year of his, his rookie contract, and the Eagles haven't showed interest in extending him. So, um, yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts got to throw the ball this year. Here's what happens in the NFL when you have success doing something. NFL coordinators, especially in your division, will study the tape. What else are they doing all offseason, right? They're going to figure out a way to take away what you do best. And what they did in the Tampa Bay playoff game was, I don't know why it took so long for a team to do this. They said, we're not going to let you run. You're going to have to throw. And Jalen Hurts is limited where he throws the ball. Like if you look at, if you look at amount of attempts and completions and where he likes to throw, he likes to throw the ball predominantly to the right side of the field, short and intermediate routes. He doesn't, so he doesn't see the field. He doesn't use the left side of the field. He almost does never throws it to the left intermediate side of the field. So NFL like coordinators will know that. So they're going to take away with what you do best. So he's going to have to make that adjustment, and he's going to have to prove that he can do that. So it'll be interesting to see. There's been adjustments made on Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's a former MVP. Lamar Jackson's a, a dynamic athlete. But when he gets to the playoffs, or he plays, or, or the Ravens play better better defensive teams they say you're going to have to beat us with your arm we're going to box you in we're not going to let you make big plays outside of the pocket and he hasn't been able to throw to wins in the playoffs so I think you're going to see a similar thing with Jalen Hurts this year and he's got to prove he wins he can win with his arm and not just his legs yeah no it's it's, it's, it's looking at the the Eagles draft you got two of the guys from Georgia was a Dean and it was Jordan Davis the the big guys blazing what did you think of their class um and they drafted a center in the second round. So I don't view a run-stuffing nose tackle. And they traded up to get him at 12. I don't view that as great value. Now, if he can anchor your defense, if he's somebody that, that eats up blocks and everything else, I mean, I, I think he's going to be a good player. I just don't know if I would have used a, a, a top 12 pick on a guy that's not getting after the quarterback. But with that said, 
I, I don't think it's a bust, and I think he'll be a, a he can be a valuable player. Um, the Kobe Dean slipped all the way to the third round. It wasn't necessarily a huge need, but with that said, he probably comes in and he starts he starts day one if he's healthy. He says he's healthy. He says he doesn't know why he slipped. He doesn't understand the medical stuff. Um, but he could have impact year one. Um, but I mean, the big the big move in the draft was trading one of those first round draft picks to get AJ Brown. And he's easily the best wide receiver that they've had here since early Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin. And I don't think he's a true number one, like a, a top tier number one, but he's a number one. And we'll see what he looks like away from Ryan Tannehill. And we see if he can stay healthy and if he, he can become a higher volume catch guy, um, which he really hasn't been. Like if you look at A.J. Brown's numbers, they're good numbers. Yeah. He, he hasn't had a close to 100 reception season no. or anything like that. No. So we'll see what he can be, but he's certainly a huge upgrade over what they had before. Yeah, A.J. Brown's the kind of guy who's going to give you like two for 40 or like six for 120 on five catches. Like, or, or that, yeah, if you, can get, if you can get six or spoken seven. Like it, yeah. Spoken like somebody who's also owned him in fantasy. Yeah, I owned him in gambling. On him on the yeah, but honestly, you can get, I don't know how I came up with that math, but you can get six six catches on, on five throws. It's pretty impressive. Um, yes, my math is off a little bit. And then just um, before I let you go, um, did you catch any of the draft last night? I did. I did. I don't know if it's just me. Do you are you like getting like less hype over the NBA draft in recent years? I don't know. Like it's ever since like Zion Zion draft, like it's been like all right, well, there's been nobody like that level. I'm just not as excited. It seems like the moms were the highlight of the draft last yeah. night, right? Yeah. Um, no, it, here's what it is, right? I think as you get older, you have less of a connection with the players. That's a, but b, like you're dealing with you're dealing with freshmen that are coming out, so. Like there wasn't the, I, I think that you have a couple guys that can be stars in the league, uh, but also there's not that bona fide number one true. That's the t- generational type talent. And like, you just don't have the connection that you, that you once did. I'm intrigued with, 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 uh, with Chet and what he is at the next level. Uh, you know, like, is he, a, is he, is he bust? I don't think he's a bust, but is he, is he like a 15, a point? point game guy and this is actually my co-host like Reese brought this up today where did OKC value him where they did because they feel like he's not going to be a guy that wants to jet like a lot of people feel like Zion don't want to be in in New Orleans and he wants to go to wants to go to New York or somewhere else and maybe check and be a guy that would embrace being in OKC and would would like to be there long term but yeah the sizzle with the draft isn't what it once was and it felt like that again last night yeah, you chat like because he, what if he's up in Spokane and he willingly went to play there? Okay, see, it is Spokane is like that's like Manhattan, so like he's probably loving yeah. that shit. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. Josh, Josh Allen going to Buffalo from playing Wyoming. It's the same kind of thing. It's like this is this is the big city. I like it. Um, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. But, I I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to compare him to, to Durant. Obviously, Durant no. is an all time player. But I I mean I remember Durant coming out. I was misguided in thinking he wasn't going to be strong enough. And it was a different league back then than what it developed into. I didn't think Durant was going to be strong enough to, to, to be able to have a, a career like he's had. But man, has he proved people wrong. And I'm not saying that he's that kind of guy, but I mean, he, listen, man, he's skilled. He's more skilled than a lot of people give him credit for. How do you like that the Sixers now have a Milton and a Melton? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so frustrated with the 76ers right now. You know, it sucks when you have a true franchise player, but he's a center. And 
you know, Jokic and, and Bede might have been the two best players in the league this year, and they both didn't go very far in the playoffs. It's hard to have impact if you don't have wingmen and guards that can that can dominate the ball. Um, to, and, you know, James Harden isn't that guy, and I know Bradley Beal. I, I mean, I, I would have to ask you, is Bradley Beal staying or going? We're so this, about is, a year so this is a Bradley Beal. This is a Bradley Beal's summer every summer. Every summer he's somehow always up for a new contract, and every summer he's disappointed with the roster they put together but he's not sure he wants to leave and he kind of makes it like a big thing. Is he going to get traded? And he ends up not getting traded pouts a little bit. Then he's happy. gets a big contract, ends up staying. And then the process repeats on a yearly basis. So if, if you look at history, I think he's going to end up staying, but it's, I mean, I, I don't know. Rinse, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Yeah. And then he'll be complaining that he wants yeah. to win and he came yeah. back and he was trying to be loyal. Yeah. So he likes the attempt. He also, yeah. the he, he just oh. built a basketball court somewhere in DC. So doing some right. stuff over there yeah but like with, with Harden like that was I don't know if it was the first or second game when him and Embiid were really gelling and people are like all right is this the best team in the east and then it just went yeah. downhill downhill from there yeah and and you know Harden in game six that they lost and this was in Philly where they were eliminated he took two shots in the second half and he was asked about it after the game and he said oh well the ball just never came back around to me on offense no, you're the point guard. You're a top 75 player of all time. Like, you got to be aggressive. The whole reason you were traded for was so it's you and Embiid. So I'm, I'm glad that the freaking season's over and we can concentrate on some football because yeah. it's, it's more than frustrating right now at the Sixers. I, I feel like Harden, when, when the NBA changed that rule, you couldn't kind of lean into guys on threes when you're, there's obviously no contact. I feel like that just yeah. took like 80% of his game. No, you're right. And he, you know, it, it, it's, and this is, and this is my own fault, not watching him play a lot the last two years. Yeah. You don't realize that this ain't the Harden you remember in Houston. Joel Embiid, after, after they were eliminated, said, he actually came out and said, I thought we thought we were getting the Houston Harden, but he's not that guy anymore. No, he's not. And you're right. A big game, a big part of his game before was getting to the foul line. So what you saw a lot of them, a lot what he was doing last year with the Sixers was he would drive to the lane. He's not a he's not very athletic and he can't get get by guys like he once did. So he's relying on getting that foul call and he's not getting it. So he's kind of just throwing the ball up and he's flailing in the air waiting for the foul call and he's not getting it like he used to. And that's a big part of his game and it hurts him. It really yeah, does. I think him and Kyle Lowry were most affected by that uh that role change. Um no but it's it's and then I've seen some rumors that they you're interested in uh, bringing Kyrie Irving to town. Apparently, Philly's on his list. Well, I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen. We could have the we could have the you know the conversation of would you do it? And I mean, you know, Kyrie is certainly talented, but I, I don't know where Kyrie is a good fit. Where it's doable that he goes. Los Angeles is probably where I would say we saw the the Boston Kyrie oh, yeah. and he's just, he's going to alienate a, a Northeast fan base like that. Like he, it was, it was never going to work in Boston, Boston fans where he drives people crazy. He's going to drive me crazy. The talent, there's no doubt he's got the talent and he's still got it, but like he's, he's going to be Kyrie. And I think it works better if he's out of a Northeast type market because he's going to drive people crazy if he's there and it's probably not going to work. I feel like he'd do well, like in like the Egyptian league or something over there, where like there's nobody, there's nobody watching, nobody's talking shit to him. He thinks he's a pharaoh already. He can just kind of do his thing. 
I don't know, do his like his his spiritual stuff. Nobody's gonna bother yeah. him. Nobody's gonna ask him to take take the uh, the Moderna shot, and you're good. And then he's just kind of like he can be a legend over there, and but but nobody will kind of give him shit for it. But it's 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 it's, but- it's, it's, it's horrible. Stefan Marbury became a big star in like a huge, huge star in China where they're, they're building statues for him. Out I don't think anybody stuff, wants so. to be in China right now, especially Kyrie Irving, especially with I don't know, the people still locked up in the in the in the apartment buildings over there. I don't know if you want to go in China right now. No, but it's no, it's it, it, it's wild because with the I don't know, because with like the draft last night, like I feel like unless you're a fan of like some of the teams in the top five and then Sacramento messes it up every, every year, I feel like. I don't know. Were you that excited for it? This, this class, I don't know. Isn't, I don't, I just didn't feel the buzz. No, there, we, we didn't. I mean, and I, I think depending on where your team is drafting, if you're tra- drafting high, then you obviously care more about it than if you're not. But no, we had, z- we had zero, zero buzz. I had zero, zero care about the draft last night. I, I, I think you're dead on. Yeah. No, cause I, cause I'm like a lifelong Celtics fan. So Obviously, after we went to like the Pierce and Garnett era ended, they were bad for that one year and got smart. And every year kind of after that, they were always picking like 13 to 18. But I was always excited. I was always watching every – I'd sit there and watch either thir- all th- the whole first round or sometimes in the second round, I'd, I'd sit there and watch like the first 20 picks. But now I'm literally like, all right, one, I didn't even know it was happening until like three days before. And I, I, I don't know I don't know if it's because a lot of the main marquee talent that normally was in college basketball was going to the G League and a lot of people aren't watching the G League. Maybe that's diverting it. But I just feel like I don't know a lot of these guys. Like outside of the tournament, like I, I don't, I don't I wasn't watching much college basketball last year. I don't think anybody does. I certainly don't. I'm, I, I'm starting to learn about most of the players in the tournament when it's happening. So yeah. I mean, this is, it's the state of college basketball, and it, it's, it's really affected the NBA draft and some of the younger players coming out for sure. Yeah. No, my, my favorite comp was that one guy from Australia, or, I forget it's either Australia or France or something. And they're like, who, who is, what kind of, what, what athlete do you play like? And he goes, Lamar Jackson. I'm like, no, that's exactly what an NBA team wants to hear. <laughs> a great comp. They're like, yeah. I'm like, all right. Yeah. But it, it does. That's funny. I, I do miss the days where Jalen Rose would compare six players to Kawhi Leonard in one draft. Like, oh, oh, I guess, I guess this is a real, this is a really deep draft that we're getting six Hall of Famers all the same mold, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Every player seems like they're headed to Springfield Mass for, uh, is that where the, the yeah. Hall of Fame is? Yeah. yeah. Not, not a lot of criticism to the guys no, last no. night, but that's yeah. a good no, it, it's it's whatever. I liked it, that. and then you always get some guys coming out. But it, it, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. And then um, before I let you go, um, who do you, so who do you think takes the division this year? Obviously, like you said, nobody's repeated as champs since I think you guys with McNabb. Dallas won it last year. The Giants. We don't know what the hell. I don't know. I don't know what the hell's gonna happen with them. Then you got um, Philly and uh, and and Washington. Who, who do you, who do you expect wins takes takes the title? Well, I I very much believe that this division is going to beat up on itself. The Giants will be better with competent coaching. And does that mean I think Daniel Jones is the answer? No, I mean, I, I've seen enough years of Daniel Jones, and I guess the Giants have as well because they didn't, they didn't give him the, his fifth-year option. But just having, just having a professional coach like Brian Dayball in there, I, I think it's actually going to help them. And they, they really do have a lot of talent on the team. They got Tyrod. They got Tyrod. They have Tyrod. Yeah. So Tyrod Taylor could be your starting quarterback. Wink Martindale, the old defensive coordinator of the Ravens, is their defensive coordinator now. So they're going to be playing a 3 4. And don't sleep on their defense. It's a very good defense. And with a new defensive coordinator in there, I think it gives them a little bit, a little bit of a jolt as well. So, I mean, I would kind of 
I would kind of throw everybody right there in the same bowl and you have the Cowboys and the Eagles on the top and the Giants and the, and the Redskins on the bottom. I would still put the I would still put the Cowboys first. And like some people would say like, oh, well, you know, that's chalk. That's the favorite. But like you said, it's been almost 20 years since anybody's been a, a back to back division winner. On the, on the um, question on the Cowboys, do, do, do you think they got much better? No, they got worse. Yeah. No, like, they lost Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson and Randy Gregory left yeah. and Mike McCarthy, their head coach, is a fool. Yeah. Uh, but they still have, probably have the best quarterback in the division. That's fair. And I like both of their running backs. Like if, if, and they still have their play caller, uh, so they didn't lose him. But if, if, I'm, if I'm looking at the Cowboys, how would I win? I'm running more and throwing less. And Tony Pollard's actually going to be used in the passing game a lot more. At least they were talking about that this year. He can be used as a slot receiver. So I think I think it's a I think it's one of these years where you're going to get a division winner based on the tiebreaker. You know, like maybe they have a better record in the East. It wouldn't surprise me to see everybody really jumble up with almost the same record, and the Cowboys win by a tiebreaker. Yeah, I could totally see something like like a couple years ago when Washington won it when everybody was sub 500, except this year it's the Giants and it's Tyrod coming out with like 10 touchdowns, nine INTs, and somehow they're in the wild card, but they get blown out in the first round. Tyrod Taylor, it, it, and they'll do this early. If Daniel Jones is turning the ball over, it, I totally wouldn't be surprised to see Tyrod Taylor in there. Remember, he was a playoff quarterback with the yeah. Bills. Not, not somebody you want as your long-term answer, and almost similar to Jalen Hurts, but he's not going to lose games out there for you. So Dave Ball will see it early. If he says with Daniel Jones, what the hell are you doing? You could see Taylor in there winning some games. So it's good. Like, it'll be a competitive division this year. I don't think it's top heavy or bottom heavy. I think I really believe that you're going to see real, a really competitive division this year. Yeah. Cause obviously when you, when you don't have the team doctor punch, puncturing his lung and you don't have any, Rookies that are coming in, <laughs> coming in behind him, and and he seems like a guy he's kind of you can kind of rally around. Obviously, had a little bit of success with the Chargers, but that that Texans team shocked the hell out of me last year because they had nothing going for him. They won like what three or four three or four games. I'm sure you know he got hurt early on, but he's probably a big part of that. So like I, I don't feel like he I don't feel like he's the kind of vet that just wants to just sit around, and take his check, and lose. So like no, he was he was brought in yeah. he was brought in with the hey listen. You could be the starter this year. He knows it. Like yeah. You you come for the opportunity to play. He's not he's not quite there yet where he has to accept being the backup. He's taken spots where he's got a chance to compete for a job or be the guy that gets the job pretty early. Yeah. Actually, well, so is, is, is Alshon still in Philly? No, he's been gone. Uh, he's out. He's been out of football. I think too. this is his second. I thought, or third. I thought he was just hurt. I, for some reason, I just thought he was he's still in the roster. <laughs> Like, yeah, well, he's no. always, he always seems like he's hurt. So I yeah. can see why you would. No, no, no. Yeah, that's incredible. But I do really appreciate you taking time. How can people check out your show um, on weekdays as well as on check you out on, uh, on Twitter? All right. So it's two to six Monday through Friday, 94 WIP. So you can go to the Odyssey app and you can look for WIP and you can listen, listen live. You can go back and listen uh, on demand. There's a rewind feature where you can go back in the last 24 hours to listen to whatever. I also host this a show on CBS Sports Radio. It's the prime hours of 2 to 6, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday mornings. 
So I demanded when I when I went to CBS Sports Radio for a part-time shift, I said I want the best hours possible. Yeah. 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. And that's the perfect we're leaving uh, the bar, leaving the bar. What happened? What I missed shift right there. Yeah. Who needs who needs sleep on the weekend? No, so no, it's perfect. Yeah, that's uh so and you can check me out on Twitter. It's at John J-O-N Marks M-A-R-K-S Media. At John Marks Media. That's Twitter, Instagram, uh, MySpace. Is it still uh, a thing? No, no. no. I know they killed Internet Explorer the other day. I figured MySpace is by next in that firing line, but um, I can my, my I don't my I can still view my I deleted my account, but I can still view a MySpace. I was a uh, a show that I was on back in 2007. You can still see some of the pictures on MySpace, really? but yeah, you can still see it. So man, I feel like hey. MySpace, like now, like if it's not dead, it's like the kind of thing where like now it's the cool thing to have. Like nobody knows about it, nobody's on it, and just the people who are on it just really like it. Like, uh, yeah, it's not, no, it's not cool. It's no, not cool. No. And nobody's on the one thing I did like this is majors when you get to do the profile song. I feel like everybody missed out. Oh. That was great. That was great. It was MySpace was cool. Yeah. And then I, my most notable uh, social media was on Vine. So I, I had a listener that sent me a video. Mark Sanchez swiped his phone. Yeah. Mark Sanchez, when he was in Philly, where he was singing a Backstreet Boys karaoke. And this dude was filming him, and Mark Sanchez swiped his phone away from him and then said he didn't have his phone. So when he finally got his phone back, which was like two hours later, the video of Mark Sanchez swiping his phone. So he sent it to me, and I put it on Vine. I got like two million views of wow. the video because it got picked up by blogs. That's so that's cool. kind of like my social media claim yeah. to fame is uh, Mark Sanchez singing uh, Backstreet Boys on yeah. Vine. Well, Sanchez should be going into Washington's Ring of Honor soon for giving that nice 92-yard handoff to Adrian Peterson against you guys a couple years ago. But <laughs> that was like, I was literally like, do we have a get the guy now? And then I was like, no, that was that was it. No. Bears was exhausted for the rest of the season. And then like Sanchez, I don't even play. And then that was like, then we went to Josh Johnson after that. But yeah, not bad. Yeah, yeah, no. You, you think for half a second, Yeah, 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 for sure. But I do really appreciate the time, so I want to thank you again. Yeah.